I'm Derek Joyce and I'm here with Paul Omwerda and this is I'm Not The Expert But. This is a podcast where we'll discuss everything from the most complex ideas that we know nothing about to the simplest ideas that we probably know nothing about either. So put the kettle on, get comfy and join us. It's not too bad. No. We can just about manage, I suppose, okay. Dale. Uh, I'm going to move out Three. This is going two, to be interesting. One. This week I want to talk about the biggest pissing contest in human history. Go on. Otherwise known as the space race or the race to the moon. The fucking space race. Yeah. I love astronomy. I love space. I love all the exploration stuff. But it was. It was just a massive fucking... On the outside it was, then. But there was actually... A, an ulterior motive. Like I, I've done a lot of reading. I'm fascinated with the old Soviet Union. Everything to do with it. I just, you know, I'm not a supporter of communism or, or dictatorship or that, but I am fascinated by what it was like, you know. And what, what was like? Well, just like, you know, that whole what period. Society the whole, was like? Yeah, like yeah, what yeah. it was like in Russia, you know, that kind of totalitarian society and stuff. But what I, you know, that coupled with my love of space exploration and NASA. I mean, I missed out on the last moon landing by about six years. Um, 1972, December 72 was the oh, last I missed time. out on it by 10 months. Yeah, no way. Yeah, Jesus. born in October 73. Oh, well, but there you go. It would have just been looking at the yeah. ceiling on my parents' Well, faces. then you grew up, you know, kind of similar time to me, and you would have seen it as well. Like, all the space toys were there. I had a Wendy house with the Apollo capsule I got for Christmas one year. And Fucking Wendy house. You know, had little toy spaceships and pretty space shuttles and all. So, like, it, it was still very much relevant even when we were growing up, you know. And that kind of sparked in me a kind of fascination with, you know, the whole kind of NASA. I love NASA, you know. As a kid growing up, I had the NASA T-shirts and everything, you know. Yeah, so that, and then coupled with my kind of fascination with the the whole Soviet era and, you know, behind the Iron Court and all that. And I, I've done a lot of reading about both. And what I actually came to the kind of conclusion, Del, that kind of surprised me was, not only was the space race a, a massive fucking penis measuring contest or a pissing contest, it was intentionally so, right? Because America understood the Soviet psyche to the extent that they knew if they pushed, like they, they had very little interest in going to the moon. Right, the purpose of going to the moon was to push the Soviets all the way and bankrupt them. Right, because they knew with the kind of Soviet mindset and stuff that they would essentially bankrupt their country to show that they were the technological superpower, that they were, you know. I do, I get that, but for a lot of the space race, America was second. It was, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They were tagging behind. Like, you know, I mean, um, Sputnik was the first man-made satellite. It was. And then the Russians had the first man They did. Space. Yuri Gagarin. Yeah, he, he was yeah. the first in space on April 12, 1961. And he broke two records that day. He was the first man in space and he was the first to orbit the Earth. He'd done a single orbit and he came back down. Now, America weren't very far behind. But they were behind. They were behind. Like, have you seen a movie, Hidden Figures? I have. It's Love that. fantastic. fantastic. It's so good. I've also done the audiobook as well, which is brilliant. It's absolutely but brilliant. My point is, it's a great movie and you should watch it. And if you've seen it before, watch it again because it's worth it. But my point is, there's a part in it where Kevin, what's his fucking name? Um, he was in The Bodyguard. Yeah. Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner, where he says, how did we find ourselves in second place in a two-person race? Or something to that effect. Yeah, in a two-horse race. No, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's known, and it's even... Oh, they it's, were, it's yeah. They were it's behind all the way. way. Way behind. Right to the moon. Yeah, they, yeah. They were behind. I mean, they weren't far behind, as I was saying. On the 5th of May, 61, Al Shepard became the first American in space. They weren't very far behind them. On the 5th of May 1961, Al Shepard became the first American in space in a suborbital test. So he didn't actually orbit the Earth, he just went up. Very similar to what Virgin Galactic are actually doing today. Those fucking bozos. Yeah, yeah. They're putting and I'm not talking about Virgin Galactic being bozos. I no. mean, all those billionaires yes, that paying. get their jollies from yeah. spending a shitload of money to go up and say, oh, there's space. Um, yeah, so they're doing that actually today. We have the first 
space tourists going now I mean they're literally scraping the top of the atmosphere you know they'll be weightless for a couple of minutes and then they're back down but that's exactly what Al Shepard did on the 5th of May 1961 so even at that stage they had put a man in space but the Russians had already orbited even though it was only one orbit then on the friendship 7th or 7 friendship 7 right was the first Gemini right and that was launched in on March 23rd 1965 and John Glenn was the first to orbit the earth okay so Gemini was a, a program of ships basically uh, they had four key mission uh, objectives that were getting you know on the way to the moon and that was to test astronauts ability to fly long duration missions so they stayed in orbit up to two weeks right and then the big one and the obvious name gemini you know twins yeah right so the main objective of gemini was to dock to rendezvous in orbit and to dock with, with another ship Okay. Right? So, so initially that was a target vehicle that was launched, an unmanned target vehicle that was launched uh, called the Agena, which they would then rendezvous in orbit with, match its so orbit. So a separate launch? Yeah. That's hardly yeah. cost effective. That's why it was called Gemini. Yeah, yeah. You know, they were all two launches. Yeah, yeah. that's hardly cost effective at all, which I know. answers but, the question why the payload in later ships was actually in inside it yeah inside yeah. the launch yeah, yeah the yeah. lamb and everything yeah yeah, yeah, the yeah. Apollo but funny enough the, the Russians tried to do it all in one from the outset right that basically what took off from Star City would land on the moon right that it was Star City was the, the launching point for Russia. the Russians yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was basically, yeah, they tried to do it all in one. And that's, that's a better name than Cape Canaveral. I know why they failed. And I'll get to that later on, that, you know, this is a tried and tested method that's worked and it's what they're going to do again when they go back. Right, so that was two of the of the Gemini objectives. The other ones then, very important objectives, re-entry and landing, right, to master how they would do, you know, to re-enter the Earth's atmosphere. Yeah, because and again, then, if you watch Hidden Figures, they had to go from, was it an elliptical to a parabolic? Yes. Or was it parabolic to elliptical? I think it was elliptical to parabolic. Right, okay. the first yeah, time. Yeah. yeah, And then you have to come in at an angle. Where or they bounce off. Yeah. If, yeah, if they came in too shallow, they'd bounce off. The atmosphere. If they came in too steep, they'd burn up. And in just, the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, in the atmosphere. So. Okay. Yeah, so that's that. So then uh, the last Gemini mission, uh, Gemini 11, 12, sorry, Gemini 12, X1112, launched on November the 11th, 1966, and had two guys who we're going to come back to later. Uh, the commander was Jim Lovell, who I'm sure people will, will instantly recognise. From the movie. Yeah, and another fella, never heard of this lad now at all, Buzz Aldrin. No, never heard of him. <laughs> he was Wasn't he in Toy Story films? <laughs> to infinity and beyond, no. Anyway, yeah, Sorry, so, so that was the last Gemini mission, right? Now, uh, during the Gemini 4 mission, Ed White became the first person to walk in space. He got okay. out. He got out of the, the Gemini capsule, had a little float around and popped back in. Now, Ed White would later go on to die tragically in the Apollo 1 disaster, which I'm going to get to now in a minute yeah, as well. Yeah, didn't even get off the launch pad, was it? Yeah, 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 it was just during a test. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, so Gemini 8 was the first one to successfully dock with the Agena target vehicle, and it it then began to spin out of control. It, oh, how do I describe this? Like it, it's supposed to spin on, on its axis. Right, okay, so there's three axes. To, yes. There's, there's pitch, roll, and yaw. Yes, it began to yaw. Right, okay. Right. So, so, and yeah, and yeah. pitch is up, down, vertical. Yes. Roll is, is roll, its, what it sounds like. On its horizontal on its, axis. On its y-axis. Yeah. And so, yeah, yaw is, it's turning, it's either it's twist, sliding left or sliding right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah. It began to corkscrew out of control uh, and they basically undocked and used their re-entry thrusters on the Gemini to uh, regain control and they were able to bring her home safe, which that okay. was very, very close to the disaster. So he didn't die? 
No, no, okay. no. No, this was the, it was actually classed as a successful docking mission. Okay. But it Much was, the same way as Apollo 13 was a successful failure. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, you know, they managed to get everybody home. So then, yeah, so that was the end of Gemini then with Gemini 12 with Jim Lovell and Buzz Aldrin. As I mentioned earlier, Apollo 1, which I always found bizarre when I found out what happened to Apollo 1, right? Remember there used to be a shop in Moore Street? Yeah. Years ago called Apollo 1. Right? I didn't know it was called Apollo 1, oh, but it yeah, was Apollo. We just knew it as the, yeah. the Apollo, but it was actually called Apollo 1. It's quite bizarre when you consider what yeah. actually happened to Apollo 1. So on the on January 27, 1967, they were doing what they call a wires out test. So it's sitting on the launch pad, literally in its launch configuration. The umbilical cables, everything are disconnected. All control is inside the rocket. It's with the astronauts. It's literally as it is in the kind of three to one stage of an actual yeah. launch. And they had 100% oxygen in the, in the capsule, which they figured was probably the optimum for space travel. Because uh, there's no oxygen in space. No, but basically having 100% oxygen pressurized in a cabin. Is not a smart move. It's not because it's basically everything in that cabin wanted to burst into flames, essentially. Yeah. And one of the things that they had... One of the great inventions that NASA gave us, and we still use today to this very day, was Velcro. They used to, to kind of stop things floating around in space. Yeah. So, but apparently under 100% pressurized oxygen, Velcro becomes highly combustible. So, it, yeah, it was just a... Um, I don't want to go into too much detail. You can work it out. Uh, Roger Chaffee, Ed White, and Gus Grissom were lost in pretty tragic circumstances. Pretty horrific way to go. Yeah. Um, in the ensuing fire. Uh, so after that, anyway, um, as NASA does, and in fairness to them, as, as they've always done, they learned from those mistakes, they immediately made changes, and they reduced it to a 30% oxygen mix, and they thickened the walls then because of the pressure. Fucking 30% oxygen. Yeah. So they cut it by... 70%. Jesus yeah, I know. Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just a, like... That's, totally. that's like when you your kid learns to bake or something. Yeah. And yeah. go, well, how much do I put in? And go, ah, put, put, put more in. No, more in. Ah, fuck it. Put it all in. And then you end up with a disaster. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so... Like that could have killed the moon race right there, you know, you know, losing a whole crew. Uh, but they didn't. And again, going back to where we were geopolitically at the time and everything else, um, it was a case of they couldn't fail and they couldn't give up. And if they did keep going, they were either going to beat the Soviets to the moon or they were going to bankrupt them. And that's that is the real reason they kept going, you know. Um, so. Yeah, so on they went anyway. There was various tests. Which would various... probably explain why they haven't been back to the moon. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there, was, yeah. there was really nothing in it for other than planting a bloody flag. I mean, yeah. there, there was nothing there. But even that, like, for not, don't get me wrong, for the guys involved in the space program, NASA, the scientists, the astronauts, I mean, it was wide eyed wonder exploration for those guys. For the political guys paying the bills, it was a way to either... Well, for the political guys, but they weren't paying the bills. The taxpayers yes, were well, paying yeah, the bills. Yeah, yeah. Yes, but they were, you know, congression were, you know, having yeah, to approve funding and all that stuff, yeah. yeah. But, and their, you know, their motivation for this whole thing was to either embarrass the Soviet Union by beating them or bankrupt them in the process or both if they could get away with it. Um, you know, so that was that. Right, now, talking about funding and money, I'm sure you've heard the myth, Adele, and it is a myth, that NASA spent over a million dollars developing a pen that could write in zero gravity while the Russians use pencils. Yeah. Right, there's a reason NASA that, does That went around my, sorry for interrupting you, mm. that went around my class like fucking wildfire when yeah. someone came in whose dad had obviously told them that. And yeah. it just... Well, there's a very, very good reason that NASA didn't use pencils, Dell. And when you hear it, it makes complete sense, right? Very, very easy for the tip of a pencil to break off. Yeah. Right? 
little piece of carbon floating around in zero gravity can do some serious damage yeah. to circuitry, to vents. It can be inhaled by an astronaut. So, yeah. So, so a, it makes sense. A pen that can write in zero gravity is a lot safer. Yeah. Whereas Russia maybe weren't as kind of safety conscious with their astronauts and uh, they use pencils. Yeah. So, and, and the pen, which was invented by the Fisher Company, has been used on every space mission since Apollo 7 and is still in use in the ISS today. Well, there you go. Well, getting back to Russia's safety. Right. If Russia were as safe with our astronauts the way they were with our particle scientists. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you remember... Trey Brown's proton shots, yes. Yeah, the scientist that <laughs> put his head down into a particle accelerator and got shot through the head with a stream of photons. And if you haven't listened to that episode, go listen to it now. First episode, might have a listen. And slight apologies for the sound quality, but uh, we're we're better at what we're doing. But it's still great. It is. It's a great show. It's definitely worth listening to. I'm very proud of it. Now, so anyway, so that basically covers up to, okay, docking with Gemini. Then you had Apollo. Which, which Apollo 1, which was a disaster. A disaster. Then. Apollo 2 was, again, Earth orbit. It didn't leave Earth. Up to Apollo 7 was the force to actually go to the moon, I believe. No, sorry. Apollo 8 was the force to actually go to the moon. Again, Jim Lovell. There's that guy again. Couldn't get enough of it. I know. He actually flew in space for <laughs> say his times. wife was fucking pissed off yeah, by the time yeah. well, in the came movie, yeah, uh, She kind of was a bit in the movie, all right. But, um, well, yeah, no, so. it's not that she was, but TV wasn't interested at the point. By the time Do you remember that? Went, and yeah, and yeah. then when they all wanted to pitch up masts on her lawn. On her lawn. And she was saying no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Absolutely, yeah. I mean, so, yeah, the public wasn't interested see, that was in that the any thing. longer. That was the thing. And I am skipping a bit ahead. I'm going to come back. But uh, that was the thing. Boy, kind of Apollo 13, 14, 15, it had become routine. Flying and putting men on the moon had become routine. Like from a dream, a goal, a massive like, forwarding of humanity to routine in the space of four years. I wouldn't it's call it routine. But that, that that was the kind of public perception of it. Yeah, well, you that's know, just, a, that's a that, terrible indictment on the public. It is, yeah. And now I'm not for one second saying NASA ever got complacent about it. I don't think they did. But I think people in general... Oh, God, no, NASA, you know, definitely not. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just yeah. saying for people to get bored watching something as unbelievably incredible, yeah. mind-blowing as, as going to the fucking moon, yeah. going to the thing that you look in the night sky and you go, Jesus, yeah. look at that. But I'm, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of guilty of that as well. Like as much as I, as I said, I'm fascinated by this stuff, looking at the moon now and then you're looking at the scale of the solar system there. And like, you know, even in terms of Mars, like we've barely popped into our neighbours for, you know, for a cup of sugar, really, you know, that's that's what going to the moon was, you know, in those terms. We've yet to cross the Atlantic, you know, and that's, I'm going, you know, I'm going to get to that now in a minute as well, like, you know, where we're going and, you know, bring it on as far as I'm concerned, uh, you know, definitely. But anyway, yeah, so I'm, I'm not finished with the Apollos yet, obviously. So eight was the force to actually get out there, actually get to the moon. In Orbert. Orbert. In Orbert. Orbert. Hello, Orbert. It orbited um, the moon. And you'll see that in Apollo 13 where Jim Lovell can actually look down and see. Not that, that was Apollo 10, wasn't it? Jim Lovell was. I'm sorry, I'm wrong. It was Apollo 10 that got out on orbit. And it was like two miles above the surface of the moon. He could look out and nearly, you know, reach out and touch it. He could have. And if the. The novel Jeffrey Kluger, well not novel book, Jeffrey Jeffrey Kluger and Jim Lovell wrote the the book that the Tom Hanks um, movie was based on. If that's to be believed, Lovell had his hand literally hovering over the button to launch the lamb. Like he was yeah. he was nearly gonna say, fuck it, I know it's not the mission, but there's the moon. It's two miles below me and I have everything I need. Yeah, but no one was but, getting home. 
if if he had. Well, no, he, yeah, no, he would have. Like they had everything that they needed to do a moon landing. Yeah, but they hadn't got the side of a spaceship. No, they did. They had everything that they needed to land. No, I, in door. the limb they did, but yeah. in the the panel that blew no, off no, the no, her spaceship. I'm not. Um, Are you talking I'm about talking about Tordain here? No, ten. Okay. Apollo ten. That was okay. the force to orbit the moon before Apollo eleven actually did the landing. But that wasn't the mission parameters. Yeah. You know, they wanted to test the orbit. They wanted to, you know, do various tests in orbit before saying, yeah, we're, we're good to go. So, but yeah, he was, he was tempted to say, okay, you know what I mean? That, that would have been quite some way for us to actually get to the moon, wouldn't it? You know, you think about it. But anyway, so then obviously then the big one then in July 69, Apollo 11. 16th of July, 1969. That's correct. Yeah. And if you've watched Men in Black 3, you'll know that. Okay. It's right. in Men in Black 3 where he goes back in time to, because they, they launched to put the Arknet into orbit. Men in Black have to right. put the, this little gizmo on top of the Apollo 11 right. orbiter. And it then puts up the Arknet around the Earth and they have to get to the launch pad and get this thing on top and then get off and not be seen. Right. And and the, the, the launch, the when they're on the way to it, to Florida, they pass a news van, right. like delivering newspapers, right. and it says, moon launch today, oh, right. July 15, 1969, July 16, 1969. Right, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. That, yeah, so that was the launch. That's the only reason I know that. And then, now, I seen something the other day, I don't know if it's true or not, I sent it to you, I'd love this to be true, I really would love this to be true. As you know, the Apollo 11 astronauts were, Michael Collins was the command module, uh, guy that, yep. you know, that that didn't land on the great moon. Scandinavian name. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Good Cork man he was, you know. But uh, yes, yeah, so he had Michael Collins. Then you obviously had um, Edwin Bull, Buzz Aldrin, and Neil Armstrong. Obviously, he was the first to walk on the moon. But apparently, Michael Collins, when they were you know in orbit before the limb went down. You know, Neil was kind of agonising about what he should say, what his first words. As I'm know. sure anybody would. Absolutely. What I mean, come on, say? you're the first man to walk on the moon. Like, he, like you know, and look at us, here we are 60 odd years later and his words are still immortal and I'm sure they will be in a thousand years. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's a hell of a pressure, but I love what Michael Collins suggested to him. Go on. He said, you should just say, what the fuck is that? Screaming to an off that the cameras. hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, so that was uh, that didn't happen, obviously. Well, funny enough, I just said Neil Armstrong's words are immortal. Do you know what actually the most misquoted quote in human history? What? Okay, you tell me, what did Neil Armstrong say when he stepped down off the limb? Fucking, I can't remember. Um, oh, come on, you can't remember One Neil small Armstrong. step for man, one giant leap for mankind or something like that. That's the most misquoted thing ever. It was one small step for a man. Okay, that's that's just pedantic. I you're know, just being but, pedantic. I know, but if you're going to quote the guy, yeah, but I mean, know? the recording was 1969, man, yeah. and it was from 300,000 yeah. kilometers away. And if away. you remember it, it's literally one small step for a man, one giant leap for a man. That's okay. literally how it sounds like. But um, yeah, that's pedantic. But he did say, "A man." One, he said, "It's one small step for a man. It's one giant leap for mankind." But um, yeah, so there you go. And everyone just always says, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Yeah. What would they say now if we went to the moon? And someone had to, like, oh, fuck, what am I going to say when I land on the moon? I'm the first person there. If we'd never gone before, what would they say now? You come in peace for all mankind? No, I don't think it'd be that profound. Do you not think so? No. In... No, it would probably be really sterile, wouldn't it? Because they'd, be, they'd become so... Like, I think yeah. some somebody something like boom motherfuckers <laughs> yeah. or something stupid like that on the moon <laughs> hey guys it's not made of cheese <laughs> or something stupid yeah yeah probably probably well anyway right so that was the you know before you get off that yeah. I found the the samples they got from the moon the dust and the gravel and the yeah. grain they picked up I, I found Regulate. it really um interesting because it was so grainy yeah it's so like glass it's gravity hadn't like grounded into dust yeah yeah, yeah. and made it yeah. smooth it was grainy and it, it cut up a lot of their yeah. their 
EVAs. It did. They're, they're and EVAs yeah. is the thing you do, but they're, they're, they're suits. They're suits, yeah. yeah. And as well as actually one of the recordings, was it 11? It's possibly 11, I think. It was one of them. I was only watching it the other day. And they actually say it over the radio. And it's interesting, you're saying, what would they say nowadays? Well, I don't think this would be allowed to happen nowadays, the way it was then. And we're talking about safety and stuff. One of them said, yeah, the the regolette really sticks to the suits and it's causing some of the astronauts to cough when they take off their suits. So they were inhaling this. Yeah, yeah. So that's um, like breathing in asbestos. That's exactly what I was just thinking. Kind of fiberglass kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there you go. And that probably so, wouldn't yeah, be allowed I wonder what lung today, complications you know? they had. And, that, and I'm sure that's something they're looking at now for going back for Arctis. Yes. So that was an interesting one. Um, so, I, yeah, but like, you think about it then, right? And I'm, even though I'm saying, yeah, it's almost within our lifetime, we just just missed it, you know? If you think about 1960s, like, I mean, <laughs> and the technology we have today, like, they were able to do that. You know? Yeah, well, you know, the, and they had no right power. to do that. I mean, if you look, yeah. if you actually read up on the limb that went down to the moon. The, yeah, the limb, the lunar extraction module. Yeah, extraction. the... the capsule that brought them there they had no right to go anywhere in space <laughs> yeah, in that shit it was pretty much fucking, just fucking a tin, tin foil it was al- tin foil aluminium foil it wasn't even as yeah. strong as a tin can yeah like it was no the you stick that your finger fucking through it yeah, like if yeah. you fell if you fell yeah. and oh and cut yourself yeah. with your elbow the command module was, yeah. was a tin can the lamb was it literally was made out of tin foil and aluminium yeah. poles yeah I mean my Wendy house wasn't a million miles away from it you Wendy know house <laughs> fucking Wendy house is the Whatever. worst name for any I had a, I had a Wendy house at the Millennium Falcon when I was a kid no way fuck off with your <laughs> Wendy house <laughs> no, I don't know what you call it playhouse fun house I don't know Tent, fucking teepee. It was a teepee. Fun house. No, it was made all I think of is fucking Pat Sharp. Pat Sharp, yeah. <laughs> all the guns and gloop. Oh, Fuck's sake. Shit, what the losing me trying there now, Del? Um, yeah, no, I'm saying like, yeah, it was, even though it's within our lifetime. But you know what's even more mind-blowing, Del? What? It's only 71 years between the Wright Brothers' first flight. Yeah, that is nuts. And Apollo 11. Yeah. That's insane. That's mad. That is insane. You know? And that's that leads me neatly into my next one. I mean, why did we stop? Why did we stop exploring? Funding. Well, yeah, yeah. And the funding dried up because the Cold War. We yeah. won it. You know, they won. That yeah. was it. They had achieved their real goal. You know, for the politicians was to beat the Russians to the moon. They did and, it. But there's also the point, like, they, they know more about the moon than they do about, about the, the bottom of, of the sea. Own, yeah, of our so, oceans, yeah. So, yeah, there's... It's, there I'm not ch- saying it should have happened, but it's a plausible argument to say, fucking look in your own backyard yeah, before yeah. looking in somebody else's. Yeah, I, yeah, that was great. You know, I can absolutely agree with you there. And... Um, but, as I said, I'm a massive space book. I really want us to keep going. I really do want us to keep going. Now, as you know, um, at the time of the Apollo uh, kind of Apollo 17, the, you know, the, 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 uh, the last mission, um, it was Nixon who was in the, in the White House by then, yeah? Um, so he was kind of, you know, under a, a lot of pressure at that time. Yeah. Watergate was kind of bubbling and stuff. And, right, so basically, okay, Nixon kind of shelled that they were already working on the space shuttle program, which the idea of the space shuttle program, right, it was not about science. It was not about exploration. It was commercial. The idea of the space shuttle was to make money by putting satellites in orbit, by charging scientific organizations for experiments in space it was a money pit it never made money it was an absolute money pit it was a complete failure from that perspective yes we all love to see a space shuttle launch we love to see her coming back in and all that thing was just hoovering up money right they never made money from it it never became profitable it never did and obviously with the two major disasters 
mm. involving uh, the Challenger in '86. Um, now I've a little bit of a personal connection to Challenger. I do remember watching it live on television? Yeah, I remember it's coming horrific. in and it was on the news. It was like horrific. But um, I went over to New Hampshire in two thousand, and the school where my cousins went was actually the school that Krista McAuliffe taught in. She was the first teacher oh, right, in space, yeah. the first civilian yeah. in space. And it's it's now called the Krista McAuliffe yeah. um, High School. or She would have been the first. School. Well, no, she did. She did, did she go on a previous it. one? No, did no, she made Challenger made it into space. It did. Technically, it reached. No, but that's... Splitting hairs, man. I know, yeah, but that's... Yeah. Officially, yes, she was the first civilian yeah, in space. Okay. They did reach... What High enough to gravity, yeah, yeah, before the you know the whole tragedy thing, but um, yeah, so we were over there anyway, and it's in Concord in is Concord in Massachusetts or New Hampshire? I, I don't no remember, idea. but anyway, that's where the where she was from, and the school is now named after, her. and we went and visited um, her grave there as well. So that was kind of you know very very poignant, you know having. Having watched that as a child and then actually, you know, getting to see that woman's grave, that was kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that really was. And it was unexpected. But anyway, then as um, as things waned, you know, with the space shuttle and then Columbia, obviously. You know, but in 89, first Bush, George Herbert Walker Bush, I think that, he had ordered a study to look into putting a permanent moon base permanent base on the moon with a view to going to Mars. Now, the bill for it in 1989 would have come in at half a trillion dollars, right, which was politically toxic yeah. for Bush. So that was shelved and they went instead with the International Space Station, okay. which we all know and love. Now, I don't have an awful lot of information on the, on the ISS. I think, I mean, it's it's there. We know what's happening up in the ISS. It's experiments and... And there's, you know, well, there's, I'm sure not everybody knows what's happening. I know, yeah, there, but I haven't done an awful lot on it. Scientists know. are floating around the in the atmosphere and they're doing yeah. tests. Yeah, zero gravity yeah. tests, longevity tests, tests yeah. on, on and bone structure. Osteoporosis. And playing David Bowie yeah. and, you know, and living for a year in space and all that stuff, all that cool stuff. Yeah. But it must really, really, really piss off NASA, right? And I know as a NASA fanboy, it pisses me off that although they won the space race, it's Russia who puts their astronauts on the ISS. Yeah. They're all launched from Star City yeah. on Soyuz rockets. So NASA has been lobbying heavily over the last number of years to try and get back into, you know, into the game of manned space flight. And they are about to do that. As we say, right? Artemis. Now, I love this. You pointed this out to me, right? So you had Apollo. Yeah. And then you have Artemis. Tell me why that's. Well, Apollo, the god, you know, Artemis was his sister. Yeah. His twin sister. Yeah. Yeah. So Artemis is the twin sister of the Apollo missions in more ways than one, right? So here's the launch schedule, I suppose, right? So Artemis 1 was an unmanned test in November of last year. Artemis 2 will be the first crewed Artemis mission, which will take place at some stage next year. There's no defined date. They are going to go to the moon. Yeah. They're going to orbit for eight to ten days. No, sorry. Yeah, yeah. They're going to orbit for eight to ten days, and they're going to do one low-orbit flyby, which is, like, you know, like what Jim Lovell The two-kilometer thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're going to come home. Artemis 3 is slated for 2026-ish, right? All of this is very much up in the in the air at the moment, you know? That will be four astronauts will dock with the Lunar Gateway. Which, you know, this is fascinating, right? I really only came across Lunar Gateway recently and I was like, yes, right? The Lunar Gateway is basically a sister of the International Space Station that's going to be in permanent orbit around the moon. And it'll be permanently manned. So okay. it'll be human presence permanently at the moon. As of when? As of 2026 is what they're aiming for. Okay. Now we're still 
I'd be surprised if it is 2020. Yeah, like, yeah, that's, so like. That is the goal, right? But not only will they have a permanent presence at the moon, and not as I'm saying at the moon and not on the moon, because this lunar gateway orbits. Yeah. Right? It doesn't actually land, right? But it has a lander. This is what I love about it, right? So the, the lander stays at gateway, right? Yeah. So instead of them carrying the, the lander with them on the Artemis missions, the lander will be at gateway. Oh, okay. So they they dock, they hang out with the astronauts up in gateway for a while, blah, blah. And then, then Shoot they the will, shit. Yeah. And then they'll pop down to the mill, pop back up and down. And it's reusable. The lander's reusable. So they can pop back up and down. You know what? Leisure. If it's landers awesome. weren't reusable after SpaceX has done what it's done in the past few years. Yeah, isn't that incredible? Isn't that incredible? I'd be so pissed off. Isn't that good? If anyone hasn't seen this, you have to go and watch a SpaceX launch because I, I love this. Like they you have launch. to go and watch a SpaceX landing. Yeah, but no. Fuck yeah, the launch, bro. But no, yeah, but it's part of the launch. Yeah, no, I know, but the I landing know, is man, just so dead. cool. Like you'll remember, you know, watching the, the big Saturn V's of Apollo and they dump off the four stage and they dump off the ring and then they, you know, they jettison the last bit and whatever. But like there's three stages, wasn't there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then, but with, with SpaceX and Artemis as well. Yeah. They launch that thing, they pop off the four stage into orbit or whatever, up to the ISS. Yeah. And the four stage Land is like that motherfucker. controlled landing back yeah, on it an is aircraft brilliant. carrier. And it breaks the sound barrier. Like it's yeah. just incredible. And it comes back and yeah. it lands on a it's pad great. on the an aircraft carrier. Just brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Absolute genius. But that is the technology that, that they're now going to use for Artemis. Good. And they're going to... Um, Right, so yeah, so four astronauts will dock with the Lunar Gateway and remain in space for 30 days. This is the Artemis 3 mission I'm talking about now, yeah? The human landing system, the HLS, right, will take two of the astros down to the moon, right, to its south pole, a region previously unexplored by humans. Sample water uh, was first discovered there in 1971, by a probe. Okay. So they're actually um and, and they're gonna stay on the moon's surface for a week though. Fuck that. Now previously they've only done it for hours. Yeah, yeah. A day, maybe two days. No, geez, I don't even think it was that long. Yeah, so we're gonna stay for a week. No, it's is... going back to all the way back to Apollo eleven. But right. they had jobs to do and a time frame to oh, do. Oh yeah, them. five like, hours. Was, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Now, there was a couple of, late, of the later ones where they slept yeah. in the landing. Yeah. Yeah. So they would have stayed for, you know. Where they, they slept on the yeah. moon. Yeah. yeah. they yeah. fucking sleep. They were there for a couple of days, you might, you know. But these, these guys are going for a week. They're going to yeah. have to find some way of sleeping. There might be some medication added. Who knows? But anyway, yeah. So, yes, yeah, so they're going to stay for a week. Now, that's all well and good. And as you said earlier, I mean, we know more about the moon now than we do about our own oceans. There's not an awful lot we have to learn about the moon. Okay, now, this, you know, finding water is interesting. Water ice, right? Because, and you're, like, you're, you're probably thinking, like, because I heard going to drink moon ice. You know, that's, that's not what it's for. If there's enough of it, right? Water is one of the main ingredients of rocket fuel. Yeah. Right? It's hydrogen, right? Mm hmm if they can get a source at the moon, right, it makes Mars way more accessible because they can build a ship in orbit, you know, and you don't have to break Earth's gravity. You don't have that big massive rocket to, you know, to get Delta V to break, you know, the Earth's gravity. Yeah. If you're doing that from the, from the moon, you just, just a gentle push off. And True. Off you go. You know, so that's why water is so important. If they can find sufficient water there to fuel it, they don't have to move that fuel from there. Now I think you're decades in the future. Um, I really do. I, yeah, I, you know, you're probably talking like, yeah, you're probably talking, yeah, but you're talking, like when you say decades, you're talking single figure decades. Single figure decades? Yeah, like decade. you're Single three, figure decades don't yeah, exist. Three, man. four, five. As opposed to like, you know, 10 yeah, decades. Yeah, well, no, all, the, and I haven't even looked at all the all decades are All decades are single digit decades, because once you get the double decades, you're in the centuries. But um, 
Anyway, this, but at least it's all being laid out. It's all being planned. There is a plan. Yeah, there now. is a plan. There is a plan just... now, and that's what I love about it, right? The, now, you're talking decades in the future, right? Now we're going to get into the real fucking, right, where this can all go. Obviously, Mars is the, you know, is the next step, right? They envision putting men on Mars by the end of the 2040s, right? That's not all that far away. It's not all that far away. No, it really don't, isn't, right? Don't have access to all their information, but yeah. I just think that's real pie-in-the-sky stuff. Well, they went from 1960... Well, no, I'm not just no, talking no, about getting there. I'm not talking about getting there. I'm talking about surviving there. Yeah. That's a huge issue. It is, but... And again, I'm going to go back to my Wendy house because it's not a million miles away from how they actually will do it. It'll be inflatable domes, basically, is what they're looking at doing. Okay, as opposed to inflatable, easy construction domes. Yeah. No, they'll literally be... Filled in, with, filled with air. Yeah, air no, I, I understand that. I, yeah. I understand that. And but, up they go, like, yeah. And a, a biosphere. Yeah. I understand that. But yeah. I just think when they say this... Is what we've planned, this is what we're gonna do. It's mm -hmm. all things being equal. Oh yeah, yeah. Weather I mean, conditions they're already being a couple of years optimal. Yeah. On Mars, I'm talking oh, about yeah, weather yeah. conditions being optimal, never getting adverse, mm -hmm. which you know doesn't happen. No, because a few years ago there was stuff, yeah. the whole planet was covered in a sandstorm. That's right. Yeah. I mean, if you have shit like that when you're on a biosphere on a planet yeah. that's half a million kilometers from Earth, yeah, you're fucking Look, yeah, so all, all things being equal, yes, I do believe they can. Are all things going to be equal? No. No, probably not. Probably not. But anyway, right, so once, right, so let's take it as given that we're going to get to Mars, right? Oh, no doubt. No we're going to get to Mars, we're probably going to do it in our lifetime, right? What comes after that, right? And this is where it gets interesting. I know there will be people listening to us, right, who will be saying, why are we spending this money? Why are we throwing this money away when there's people hungry on earth, there's people homeless on earth, you know, there's famine, there's poverty. And I absolutely get that. I totally get that, right? Which is the problem I have with those fucking bozos that get off in their jollies. Oh, yeah. yeah. Suborbit and yeah. fucking idiots. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, Feed I mean, them. Poxy planet. Yeah, exactly. No, I totally agree with you. But, and I will say, NASA's budget is a fraction of the American defense budget. Yeah, but no. they spend on war yeah. every year, right? And there, there are lots of ways to save money and feed people. You know, it doesn't have to be the space. You know, human exploration is an important thing. For any species to survive, it has to expand. It has to, to explore, right? And that's, I'm stuck on that one. But anyway, right, so... Getting to what I was saying, right? Now, this, now I am talking probably in the centuries as opposed to the decades. Okay, now yeah. with this, right? Single centuries or <laughs> millennia, I don't know, right? They're looking at it though. They're looking at it. They're planning it, you know? So, you know, it could be, it could be centuries. It might, it might not be because they are planning it, right? Uh, the Kuiper Belt and the Asteroid Belt. Have you heard of them? Yeah, I have. Okay, so the asteroid belt is between Mars and... Jupiter. Jupiter, right. Which is relatively in our neighbourhood back then. Right? <laughs> which is relatively no, in, in our neighbourhood. In solar system terms. Yeah, it's okay. relatively in our... Because I thought the Kuiper belt was accessible when I started researching this. For fuck's um, sake. You know what I mean? That's out beyond Pluto and that's like... Oh, that isn't that the Oort cloud out there? No, it's the Kuiper Belt and the Earth Cloud, yeah? Okay. Um, right, so I have it all here, right? So, Okay, so the Kuiper Belt is a ring or a donut of icy bodies just outside the orbit of Neptune. Okay. Right? That's Pluto far. is its largest now, object. Now, it, it, took, it took, what was that fella that went to Pluto on the flyby? Pluto? Pluto. Oh, the, yeah, I have it here. Um... Took nine months and or sorry, nine years and seven months. Nine years for a probe to get out there. And right? uh, nine years and seven months, right? And I had all the programs in it, and so it went dormant on That's its way right. out there. Yeah. And then when it fired back up, it was, it was a horizons. blank slate. It was a blank slate. 
Right. There was nothing. All no programs went. All gone. Ah, jeez. And they spent, and some girl, some woman and her team, and I can't remember her name, and I do apologize, Miss Unbelievable Scientists, spent three days, no sleep, reprogramming it. And no reprogrammed way. it in time. And, and got it, it out. It did its thing. Yeah. Got the signal yeah. out to it, like? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, that was New Horizons that was called. Yeah, that's the yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, right, so the main asteroid belt, right? Now, you're going to love this one, right? Right, is 30 astronomical units, right, to 50 astronomical units now, from Earth. tell us all what an astronomical an unit astronomical is. An astronomical unit is the distance from the centre of the Earth to the centre of the sun. Yeah. Right? It is 1 million, four, no, sorry, 1 billion, 495,907, no, hang on. No, it's not. It's 1,495,978 million. Million. and 71 miles, or kilometres. 150 no. million kilometres. Yeah, it's about 150 million kilometres. Right, okay, yeah, because they are. And 95 million miles. Yeah, I've got too many digits. <laughs> right, okay. From the, yeah, right, so 30 times that. Yeah. Is to the asteroid belt. No, sorry, to the Kuiper belt. Okay. Apologize, right? Right. What is the biggest object in the Kuiper belt? Pluto. Yeah. Well, Pluto. it's it's they they speculate that it's Pluto, which is why there's been such an argument over the is years. Is the planet? Is it a planet? Is not yeah. planet? And it was. It's now uh, an asteroid. No, it's it's. it's a planetoid. A planetoid or yeah. something like that, it's yeah. called. Yeah. Um, but they suggest that there might be bigger entities in the Kuiper belt than Pluto. Okay. Yeah. So, oh, okay. So there cool. you go. Anyway, yeah. So the reason I'm going on about the Kuiper belt, right, is those asteroids are rich in platinum, in gold, in like diamonds, carbon compressed carbon not oil as i may have suggested before may have suggested <laughs> which you categorically said yeah um yeah so the, right these are a like, uh, windfall they, they have the potential to end mining on earth okay right which probably sounds brilliant yeah and i need. just want to add a caveat in there yeah we are never ever getting there to mine these things well, do you honestly think so? Nope, okay. I do not think so. Well, several scientists disagree with you. I'm right? sure they do. And I'm going to it's get their to job. That, right? Um, we're never getting there. We won't live to see it. I totally agree with you there. Right? It, and if we do, it could have disastrous implications. Right? Yeah. I was immediately like, yeah, man, that, you know, that'll stop mining. It'll stop exploitation. You know, it'll save the planet. It'll destroy the economies of mostly developing nations yeah, because yeah. they rely so heavily on the export of their you know of their natural resources right so there's yeah so the first tangible effort to enable the development of asteroid mining techniques came in 2012 right from a, um, planetary resources a seattle based aerospace company Right, was quickly followed then by deep space industries, right? And their satellites have today identified 15,000 asteroids with the potential for mining. Generally, it's mostly hypothetical, right? Mostly due to the insane cost. It would just cost yeah. like an absolute fortune to get there. I think, actually, I want to go back on what I was saying about we'll never get there. I think miners have. will get there and they'll mine. And one day they'll look over their shoulder and there'll be a spaceship passing. And it'll be people going from Earth saying, lads, listen, we're after fucking that place up and we're going to the <laughs> yeah, new one, so yeah. don't bother we going need, back. Yeah, we need somewhere else to go. Yeah. But that, that is generally, you know, that could actually happen. Mining could actually be catastrophically bad for Earth. I'm just going to get to that now. Right, so it's mostly hypothetical, right? Uh, NASA spent $1 billion to return 400 grams of material from Bennu in the Osiris-1 mission. Osiris. 
Osiris yeah. one. Yeah. Where they landed on the yeah. on the asteroid there. Seven years. Seven so, years. So yeah, we're not doing it anytime soon. Yeah. Right. Now there's a a company or an organization called Asterank, right? Who measure the potential value of over six thousand asteroids that NASA are currently monitoring. Right? Astro what? Asteroid. Oh, sorry. Asterank. Okay. So it ranks asteroids yeah. by value. Yeah. Thought you said something else. <laughs> Asterank measures potential value of over six thousand asteroids that NASA are currently monitoring. It estimates that just the top ten would generate over one trillion dollars of raw materials. Iron, cobalt, platinum, gold. One asteroid called 16 Psyche, right, has been reported to contain 700 quintillion dollars worth of gold alone. Right? That would make gold absolutely useless. That would make gold worthless. Fucking utterly aluminium. Worthless. Yeah, yeah. It would make it utterly worthless, yeah. That's where we're just getting to that, right? The economic impacts, right? Um, yeah, Neil deGrasse Tyson has already said that the first trillionaire he's will be really, an asteroid mining type. He's of. really annoyed with you that you call him Neil deGrasse Tyson. It's the grass, isn't it? Well, it probably is, but some called me Derek Joycey. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking deGrasse Jr. Hi, yeah. uh, right, yeah. Anyway, he has said that the first trillionaire will be an asteroid mining tycoon. Um, but it could potentially destroy the global raw materials economy worth six hundred billion every year. A university in Tel Aviv has done a model or simulation. One shipment from space, right, devalued gold by fifty percent in their simulation. Yeah, and the rest. Right. Um, developing countries will be hard as hit due to their absolute reliance on export of diamonds, gold, precious metals, and stuff like that. And that's pretty much it. Okay. Succinct. Succinct and to the point. And 55 minutes of fucking succinctness. <laughs> There'll be gold in them there hills, Del. Not for <laughs> just, a long time. Just don't know whether we can get to it. But anyway, in the meantime, as I said, look at the American defense budget is multiples of what we're spending. I cannot wait. To sit down in front of me telly with a big bowl of popcorn and watch men walk on the fucking moon down. Can't wait. Can't wait, man. Bring it. Let's go, Artemis.